So, yeah, so we were at the, uh, so we just celebrated a few days ago. We celebrated Rosh Chodesh. Everybody know what Rosh Chodesh is or isn't? Uh, Rosh Chodesh is the beginning of the month. So in the scripture, every month there's a, a celebration. There's an acknowledgement that we, we have a new month. It happens when it's dark in the sky, so it's during a new moon. So we have the cycles of the moon and the full moon, we all know. But the new moon is when there's nothing in the sky or just a little sliver. And that's the beginning of a month. So we gather um, at Mishkan at somebody's house or somewhere, and we have a little celebration. And I, I got to acknowledge, I've been kind of struggling, struggling with it myself um, fr from a facilitation standpoint and from a, a logistical standpoint because I, I work full time. And the, the evening services during the week are just kind of – have been a little bit rough for me. Uh, we wake up really, really early because Susie's got to be in the hospital at 6 in the morning. So we wake up really early. And it's, it's kind of hard for me to be up in, like, Lincoln or Woonsocket on a weeknight, you know, it, and, and really put my all into it. And I even confessed it to the elder. I'm like, maybe this is the time to hand it off to somebody else. Maybe there's a Mishkanite who can kind of take the baton and, and just put new life into uh, Rosh Chodesh and, you know, and, and, and host it or find a place to host it and, um, and do what they want, a teaching, a prayer night, what, whatever's on their hearts to do and kind of inject some new life into it that I haven't been able to. But I have to confess that we had it on uh, Wednesday night, I think it was, or Thursday night. Uh, we had it at Mark and Vicky's place, uh, which is an assisted living facility in Woonsocket. And I have to tell you that my, my heart really welled up with passion and, and emotion for, for those folks that live there that came. There was one, outside of me, there was one Mishkanite that came. And there were about 20 um, residents of the place. And they were so open. And they just received and they love. And some of them I've known from other events. So I'm s developing relationships there. Oh, hello. And, and it's really, I'm really, all of a sudden, like, I have this understanding, like a heart from God that that's an incredible mission field right there. That's an incredible field to, to sow seed into with really, really receptive hearts and good soil. You know, and even if it's just like holding their hands or caressing their heads, you know, or, or whatever it is, it's just, just showing love to them. It's really, really awesome. So uh, if we do have it there again, you know, I... I encourage you to come out, and we'll see who winds up hosting it. Maybe it will be me. So anyway, so, so this is the beginning of the month, so we're in like day three or something of the month. Does anybody know what, what biblical month this is? We know Passover is the first month. Well, maybe you don't know, but Passover, which was back in like April, is the first month. We're th so we just started the fourth month of the biblical calendar. And sometimes it's, it's interesting to do a Bible study on what happens during that month in the Scripture. Because maybe it's kind of pertains some way, or maybe the Lord will give you some revelation. And, you know, what happened back then in a particular month, it may be something similar could be happening now if we're in that same month. Um, so I looked in Scripture, and the, there's two events, there's only two events that happen in the fourth month of the biblical calendar. Uh, the, you know, the first three is, is loaded with, with stuff. You have Passover, you have the counting of the Omer, you have Shavuot, which is Pentecost in the third month. 
Then in the seventh month, you have the, the fall festivals, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. But these intermediate months, there's not a whole lot going on. But there are some events that happen in the fourth month that I thought were really interesting. Number one, the walls of Jerusalem were breached by the enemy. Okay? So that tells me that there was increased spiritual battle. Because the war against Jerusalem is spiritual battle. So there's increased spiritual battle during this time. The second thing that I saw was in Ezekiel 1, when he had this amazing vision. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet that actually prophesied in Babylon. This happened after Jerusalem was destroyed and, and the Jews were taken out into Babylon. And that's when he did his prophesying. And Ezekiel 1 starts with this amazing vision. It's a vision like we've never seen in the Bible of, 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 of these, uh, uh, you know, these, these kind of creatures. And, and they're kind of moving along with the spirit, it says. And as the spirit moves, they move. And then underneath them, there are wheels. And there's a wheel and there's another wheel, a, a wheel within the wheel. Ezekiel saw the wheel. Ezekiel saw the wheel. Way in the middle of the air. Hi-ho, the Dario. Ezekiel saw the wheel. A message from the king. A message from the king. So anyway, so, um, so there's the wheel within the wheel. And it's an interesting thing because the wheels are also moving along with the spirit. And the wheels, I mean, a wheel is something that actually can move by itself, right? It has the ability as a mechanism to move. It's a wheel, right? But the wheel is not turning. It's just kind of moving along with the spirit. Nothing of its own strength. And above this whole thing is one on the throne like a man who is clearly Yeshua. So it's an amazing vision of, of God and his kingdom and his army. So we have a time in the fourth month where there's increased spiritual battle. But also we see in the fourth month increased spiritual vision. And increased spiritual clarity. And hearing and seeing visions from the Lord in greater ways. And I believe that is something that is relevant to this time. That as spiritual battle increases, spiritual revelation will increase as well. As the battle becomes greater, the revelation, the connection will become greater. And Adonai is creating an army that will be just like the wheel within the wheel that is not moving according to our own abilities. Like the wheels can move, and we have legs and things that can move, but we're going to move right along with the Spirit. And in this time, as battle increases, God's army, God's people are going to start to move right along with the Spirit just like Yeshua is the head and we are the body and the head sends signals to the body and when my brain tells my finger to do this, my finger doesn't go, who was that? Was that me or the Lord or was it the devil? It just moves and as, as spiritual battle increases as it did in the fourth month, so will spiritual revelation. Adonias put it on my heart the last couple of weeks to speak about his army. About how it says when, when, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, it says God's army came out of Egypt. 
and then, but they didn't just, they didn't come out of Egypt and enter into the battle for the kingdom. They had to go through 40 years of basic training. They weren't ready yet. In fact, if you look at the journey of the Israelites, of that army in the wilderness, it, it was the most crazy journey. Like it starts here, right? This is Ramses, and here is the kingdom, right? Here is Jericho and Jerusalem. So you think, okay, logically, here we go. Ezekiel saw the wheel. Ezekiel saw the wheel. Does anybody know that hymn? Like, uh-uh. Susie used to sing that in choir. It's an African-American hymn. There you go. Right, spiritual, right? So, like, this was the way to go, but it says that God did not take them this way because this was the land of the Philistines, and they would have seen battle, and they, their hearts would have failed them, and they would have wanted to go back to Egypt. So instead of God taking his army directly into battle, he took them this way. Here. <sighs> and that's the way he took them. But if you look at it, it was no accident. But every move that they made, every part of that journey, it was no accident. Every part of that crazy harebrain, not straight line journey was divinely orchestrated. Every move, every time they moved and they stopped, there was a lesson. So every move that they made, every move that they made, every stop along the way was a growth opportunity for that army. It was a training opportunity for that army. And they had their moments. They're like, this is enough. I want to go back to Egypt. But if they allowed God to train them at every spot, they would have made it in. But they didn't make it in. Another generation made it in. But every spot, every stop, was a lesson for them. It was a growth for them. It was becoming increasing of their faith, increasing of their reality, increasing their knowledge of God. Increase, increase, increase. And it with the direction is always forward. Every direction God has you in is forward. Even in the times when you're going like this, and it looks like, my gosh, I'm back into the same situation that I was in. It's forward. Because he has a lesson for you still there. Even in your times of waiting, it's forward. God only knows forward. And every moment, every stop when the cloud moves and the cloud rests, and the mishkan moves and the mishkan rests, it's a growth opportunity. And for the army, the first battle, God had them avoid. Because God knows the times that we need to engage, and he knows the time his army needs to go back. They're not ready. And over the course of the journey, sometimes they engaged, sometimes they negotiated. Okay, Eden, we want to go through your territory. We're not going to touch anything. Is that okay? No, it's not okay. All right. 
I'm backing off. We'll go around the long way again. Every opportunity, and sometimes they had to engage. Sometimes there was, there was a sneak attack. Sometimes they had to attack. It was all basic training for the ultimate spiritual battle for Jerusalem. I believe we're in a time for all of us that basic training is about to come to an end. And we're in a time that the, what God has been training us for is about to become reality. But it will be just like the wheel within the wheel. Where it's not going to be our strength. It's not going to be our wheels turning. You know what fear is? It's when our wheels turn a little bit too much. That's what fear is. But he's bringing us to a place where there are things that we've been praying for, things that we have avoided, things that we have hoped and prayed for that are about to be fulfilled because the time of basic training is over. People we've been praying for are about to be healed because we are now fully submitted to God and it's not our own strength. And we're like those wheels that have the ability to move but do not. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Lord is always doing new things. He's about to do new things. Do not fear the new things. So if we are getting to a place where the battle for Jerusalem is at hand, and basic training is about to end. The only word I have for you at this time is the same word that God told Joshua, which is, do not fear. Be strong. Chazak. 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 That's what he told Joshua. Chazak. And you know what? God is not, he's not just giving us a little pat on the back. You're like, come on, Josh. Come on, Joshy boy. Come on, don't fear now. Be, 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 be bold, be strong. He's not encouraging him. When God says, chazak, he's speaking it. He's speaking it into you. It's creative. He's not just a suggestion. When God says, chazak, be strong. He is speaking strength into you. And that's what he did with Joshua. So all I can say right now to God's people at this time when the basic training is about to come to an end, chazak, 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 be strong, be of good courage. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid of new things. You know, we all want the new thing. We see the scriptures that says, like, behold, I do a new thing. I'm about to do a new thing, a new song. And we love that. We're like, amen, amen, he's doing a new thing. Until we realize that the doing of the new thing involves us letting go of the old thing. And then we're like, I don't know if I really want this anymore. But God is not an idol. God is living. God is breathing. God is moving. God is healing. God is hearing. God is answering. He is not an idol. And he will not stand for an idol to take his glory. And if that old thing 
that you're holding on to, that you don't want to get rid of, is preventing you from going to the new thing, God will crush that old thing, whether you like it or not, because he will not yield his glory to an idol. And it's the same thing. Don't worry about it. It's the same thing. Our history, our ancestors did the same thing. The children of Israel, God wanted to do a new thing. They wanted to go back to Egypt. God builds a temple. Glory, hallelujah. He destroys it. Now it's time for a new temple to be built, the second temple. And it says in the book of Ezra that when the foundations of the second temple were built, people praised God, glory, hallelujah, for this temple. But the older folks cried because they remembered the older temple, the first temple, and they said, this one doesn't really compare. And then the second temple sort of caught, you know, and everybody had the vision for the second temple, and even that, the disciples went to Yeshua and said, hey, check out this temple. Isn't it beautiful? And Yeshua said, that's coming down. And I'm going to raise it up again in three days. Even Yeshua himself, I think it's really fascinating that once Yeshua was resurrected, they didn't recognize him. In that road to Emmaus, he looked completely different. I think that is a hint that the resurrected Yeshua is not what we think. We have these, you know, we have these visions of the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus, Yeshua, with the lamb, and we love it. But God is bringing us to new revelation of who he is. And I believe that's one of the reasons that why they didn't even recognize him after he was resurrected. And this is why Paul said, we don't greet each other according to the flesh. Even Jesus we once knew according to the flesh, no longer do we. Because we're do, he's, he's revealing new things. And he's taking us. That must have been really tough for the disciples. Like the Messiah is now dead. And now he's resurrected. Great. But after 40 days, he, fled, he leaves the scene again. Boy, that's a tough role to fill. People thought my, my shoes were, the, Rabbi Peter's shoes were tough to fill. Boy, those are really tough shoes to fill, Rabbi Brian. Imagine if it's Yeshua himself who left, and now the disciples have to start making their churches and things like that. But God is always moving forward. He's always moving forward. He's always bringing new things. In this Torah portion, we have the, 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 the snake on the pole, the serpent on the pole that was spoken about. Even Yeshua, he equated himself to the serpent on the pole, as in like he takes the sin upon himself, and those who look upon him will be saved, Right? But do we know what happened ultimately to that pole? Do we know? It was destroyed. If you look at the book of Kings, in the King Hezekiah, which also has the word chazak in him, Hebrew, he had to destroy it because they named it. They still had this thing. They named it. They gave it a name, and they started to pray to it. He had to destroy it because God is not the God of old things. He's always doing new things. So don't be afraid of the new thing that God is doing. And here is my encouragement, the road to the new thing. Is one step at a time. God's army moves at one 
step at a time, one moment at a time. Glory to glory. And he will take you from here and give you a vision of here. And you're like, cool. And then he's going to take you here. Fear is looking at that and not knowing how the heck you're going to get there. Faith is going one step at a time. So I actually have some visuals for this. Fear, like I said, is trying to figure out how to get from here to here. If he put the path in front of you to the vision, there would be no reason for faith. There would be no reason for trust. Decision time. You ever see the path this way? And all of a sudden, in order to get here, he, there's two choices before you, and you have no idea which way to go. Anybody ever have no idea which way to go? <laughs> Welcome to my world. So what do you do? You wait. You pray. But here's where I want to encourage you. God is a lamp, a lamp to your feet, a light to your path, a beacon to your heart. If you have to move, chazak, don't be afraid to move. If you get to a point where you're seeing the, the decision before you and you say, Adonai, this is the time and I don't know. He will direct your path. If it's the wrong decision, he will guide you to the right one. Because what happens is this. He only shows, God bless the prophets, I say that all the time, that knows the right way all the time. But I don't believe he does that with most people, including me. And you won't see the next step until you move. You know, there is a waiting on the Lord that is holy. And there's a waiting on the Lord that, has a, that sounds holy but is not. There is a waiting on the Lord that is actually based on fear. And we can say, I'm waiting on the Lord. But it's actually based on being afraid to move forward. But God bless you. I understand, like, I don't want to be out of his will. I'm so afraid to be out of his will. Chazak. Sometimes we just got to move. So when you move, go ahead, all of a sudden, now that you're there, you see that. And that. And you wouldn't have seen it if you just stayed there. Sometimes he tells you, move, make the move. I am with you. Do not fear. Don't be afraid to move. God is a God of movement. Stagnant waters get bacteria in it. God is not a God of stagnancy. Is that a word? Stagnation. 
God is not a God of stagnation. He's a God of movement. Don't be afraid to move. If you wound up choosing the wrong one, he will clarify. You will have greater vision once you move. How about this one? You ever approach a vision and all of a sudden it seems to be taken completely away from you? Oh. Oh. What was I doing all this time? Chasing something and I wound up being nothing. All this time. I tell you that not one. Look at this path. This is a holy path. This is a holy path. The shape of it is different from every single person. But look behind you. It's holy. And when you see that happen, you did not, none of these are wasted. Every point, every stop of the wilderness journey is not a waste of time. There is more clarity, more revelation, more growth in every step. And all of a sudden, when you stop crying... God will increase the vision. Pretty much, maybe it's, it's a little different because the closer we get to it, the more clarity he brings. We only see in part. So we didn't see it clearly. But now that we've reached that point, he gives greater vision. Okay, it's yellow. And then when we pick ourselves up and, and we are not afraid to move, he again says, this is the way, walk ye in it. 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 He just clarifies. None of it was a waste. You weren't going in the wrong direction. You are not wasting your time. You are just getting increased vision. Do you understand that? This is the way, walk ye in it. 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 Behold the prize. But it's never over. This is the way. Walk ye in it. You can take that with you. You got it. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Do you understand? The story is never over. He's always taking you glory to glory. And you will look back at your crazy path and you will say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for every step. Yeah, take that path with you. None of it. Do you know that the last chapter in the Torah at the end of Numbers, people think Deuteronomy is the end of Torah. It is, but it's num at the end of Numbers is the end of the story. Deuteronomy is a repeat. Deutero is second, nomos is law. It's like the second telling of the law. But the story ends at the end of Numbers, and every step is recounted. They went from here to there to there to there to there to there to there. There's a reason why every step is recounted, because every step matters. Every one of your steps matter. He is raising up his army to move according to to the spirit, not according to strength. Glory to glory, step by step. Enjoy the journey.
Shabbat Shalom.